And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. My wife Natasha just brought up a really good point. I think and Natasha said maybe they hired Art Garfunkel to be in Boxing Helena because they wanted it to be an art film, but I I I got that and I took it in a different way. The director said, I want this to be an art film. There needs to be art. And then it's like, so what did you do to make this an art film? Oh, an art film. I hired Art Garfunkel. I thought you said you wanted art in the film. Not that you wanted it to be an art film. Anyway, Art Garfunkel's here. Okay, now now I have a... Bouncing off of this... I'm thinking we're really close to justifying Art Garfunkel being in this movie than we can of justifying the fucking movie. Art Garfunkel wrote The Boxer. Okay. I heard that so Art he would Garfunkel... So Boxing Helena. And let's face facts, if you ever want to establish something's in New York, <coughs> throw in Art Garfunkel. Yeah, that's a good point. I heard that Art Garfunkel beat out a lot of other people to be in this film, like uh, Oates from Holland Oates. Oates, yeah. And and Marty Janetti. Yes. They don't like being called Holland Oates. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Yeah, but people just call it Holland Oates. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, Holland Oates. As a Whatever that thing yeah. is. Yeah. So, uh, I'm confused about that. Yeah. Uh, so, in our uh, monologue in Jeff, Maxwell was here showing everybody his Gleebles, which, which is the name he gave his small uh, gelatinous balls. And then we, <laughs> we had our halftime. We had our halftime where I. A uh, uh, male presenting me read the book Heaven is Real and Fun. You don't float around on clouds wearing diapers and eating grapes, playing harps. Uh, where uh, the woman was talking about playing with gel balls. Yes. With Jesus. So I asked Matt if we could call the gel the Gleebles gel balls that was an emphatic no these are not gel balls that are filled with giggly joy gel that jesus throws into you yeah these are gleebles they are totally different things totally different and i want to make that clear these are not gel balls they're gleebles people that's right yes max Go ahead. You can show Gleebles because I would rather have you talk about Gleebles, something that you care about, than have to talk about this shitty film. So. You have the floor, Maxwell. I haven't even done the intro, but you have the floor. So, we got golden Gleebles. These are rare, very rare. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and then these are silver Gleebles. Silver Gleebles. Yeah. 
That was actually the name of my bowling team, my bowling league, the Silver Gleebles. Yeah. Also, enough. Uh, there's also a Crystal Gleeble. Crystal Gleeble. She was my favorite country singer from the '80s. Crystal Gleeble. Those, those okay, were an off-brand so sneaker I bought once. Yeah. We also got a giant Gleeble. Uh-huh. Not a gel ball that Jesus throws inside of you. We also got Different. a Gleeble who has who has tampered with the dark arts too much and now has gone on the path. This dark, dark Gleeble has a tail and an eye, and uh-huh. it is kind of creepy. My son made that at school, <laughs> and it scares me. Miss Gleeble? Leg balls? I don't know. Leeble, leg ball, Gleeble? Eagle? I don't know. Let's there's just call ball. it Jeff. Yeah, there's the infamous Jeffs. The infamous Jeffs, which is a pile of gold. And really. No, just, no they are. This is a pile of Lego Gleebles. Very a rare. A pile of Lego Gleebles. Very rare, Bonnie. Very rare. This Gleeble was thought to be a myth. Oh. But now, it's real. But it is real. It's the square Gleeble. Oh. I'd like to think of it as, like, the infinity Gleeble. Are very... Are very... They are very sensitive. So you've got to yes. handle them with care. Yes. But they do like bouncing around. But They're also vegan, and they won't shut up about it. Most, a lot of them are. I like to think that podcast-wise, someone right now is on SoundCloud or Stitcher saying, Ooh, this podcast discusses Boxing Helena. I'm going to click this, because this is my favorite movie. My favorite Cheryl and Finn film. Yes. I can't wait to hear them discuss it. And at in the beginning, they just get like 10 minutes of Gleebles. See, but at the same time, okay, I hated this movie. I hated yeah. this movie, but I bet you if this movie caught me like early to mid-20s... That's exactly what I said to my wife. I bet you, I bet you I would have loved it and I would have hailed it as cinematic genius and it would have been in my collection to this day. Anyways, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your gleebles with us, Maxwell. And it's so funny that you mentioned that, Bonnie, because I literally said to Natasha that this movie sucked and I hated it and it was difficult to watch it. But I just know that if I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and I was uh, smoking cloves and trying to be cool and hanging out in, like, Mesa and Scottsdale and Tempe with Tom. Yeah. And and we're going off trying to find indie films in small theaters we've never been to. And this is the only theater in the entirety of Phoenix that's playing this one film. And, oh, we, we're going to go see this and... I bet I would love Boxing Helena, or at least pretend that I like it. Yeah. This movie, if you want to buy it on DVD, you can get it at Amazon for 30 to $70. Oh, 
because they do not make this DVD anymore. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Which I found astounding. So, what do you have? That is... That's a salt lamp. That doesn't work. Um, it's it's not an it's not a salt lamp until you attack someone with it. Man, I thought he was just standing there holding a giant chunk of frozen red meat. I thought I thought it was uh Sun Kahima will rule the world. That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought it was. Okay, now let's do the intro. Thank you for showing me your did you get the joke that I said, though, Maxwell? I said, it's a salt lamp. Oh, wait, it's not a salt lamp until you attack someone with it, because then it's a salt. A salt lamp. Crime jokes. I know you like crime jokes, Max. It's time, buddy! It's time. God help us, it's time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, my brother, my third descriptor added later. It is time once again for all of us here at the Fopon film to ease on down, ease on down the road to our hand-picked and painstakingly hand-painted and available only for a limited time. So call us now. Movie of the week! And this week we watch what is no doubt the oddest film in the Rocky franchise because not only... Is there no Rocky or Adrian or even fucking Polly to be seen in this film? There's and hardly not any a single boxing yo. Not a single yo. Making this truly the Halloween 3 of the Rocky franchise. It's the dumbest fuck! 1993 psychosexual snooze fest. We continue our summer of yo with Boxing Helena! They stole their ending from Robot Monster, which yes. I hate. Yes. But to be fair, there aren't a lot of movies out there where, oh, at the end you realize the whole thing has been a dream. They don't really do that in too many movies. I mean, Boxing Helena, uh, Robot Monster, Wizard of Oz, Adam Sandler's Click, Invaders from Mars, Jacob's Ladder, Mulholland Drive, Alice in Wonderland, Vanilla Sky, Identity... Emilio Estevez's Wisdom, The Devil's Advocate, Rob Reiner's North, and depending on your take, fucking Inception! Uh-huh. Uh, when our Garfunkel popped up seven minutes into this, I legit screamed, Why are you in this? <laughs> Leave! However, I know that we've been doing this podcast for nine years. For, for almost nine years, this October will be nine years that we have done on the Pope on Film Podcast. And yes. I know the one thing that you have been saying repeatedly, not every episode, but most episodes that we have done, Bunny, you have been repeatedly saying, I wish we could see a movie where the worst half of Simon and Garfunkel acted alongside the dad from that 70s show. And now, finally, here we are. Yes. This yes, must be a, like the culmination of a dream for you. The, the one you know? thing I have to give this movie, okay, is the acting of Julian Sand and Cheryl Finn, because I fucking despise them. Yeah. With every... Good, good job. Good job. That's what you were supposed to do. 
You did it well. And did they though? Did they, they though? I don't think they can act their way out of a paper bag. Yeah. And this movie is a, a paper bag. Okay, I, I I will listen to such. So you are telling me Julian Sands is just that creepy? It it. It's like they made her a manic pixie dream girl, but made her act like a bitch. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm going to take off all my clothes at this fancy party at this mansion, and I'm going to dance in the fountain in my lingerie because I'm such a free spirit. Yeah, it's called bipolar disorder, and I'm on the good meds, and you're on the no meds. Yeah. I, it, so it is was that it was was it that by no I just I or just was everything in her life all eyes had to be on her she had to here we are at a big fancy party what is the best avenue here where I can make myself the center of attention this this is a visual thing, and if you're listening to this later on SoundCloud or Stitcher or Apple Podcast or whatever, then I apologize. You really should try and see this on YouTube or our Twitch live streams. But sometimes I have my hair and I think, oh, wow, I am a really pretty woman. And then sometimes I look at my hair and I go, it's like if Joey Ramone transitioned. <laughs> You know? Hey, we're the Ramones. I'm on HRT. One, two, three, four. So. I think that this movie is shit. And I, I think I figured out why. Why? The writer slash director is Jennifer Chambers Lynch. Lynch. As in Lynch. Really? This is the daughter of David freaking Lynch. Yeah. No wonder this film stars Sarah Lynn Fenn in a script that tries and fails to be a David Lynch movie. And, and this as, is just as via I David Lynch. Said, I, I, I'm just not a David Lynch fan. Yeah. And this is just a, a bad David Lynch impression. It's like seeing Pulp Fiction and then seeing... Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. This is a bad attempt at a uh, Tarantino movie. It's like when I read the book Nos Number 4 ATU by author Joe Hill. And by the time I'm done with the 950-page book, I'm like, wow, somebody likes Stephen King. And then later <laughs> I learn, oh... Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. Well, that makes sense. So, uh, this movie is just Diet David Lynch. And yeah, I don't like David Lynch in the first place. And then this is a bad attempt at recreating something that I don't particularly like. But this movie was made for one good reason, and that reason is Cinemax has to show something at 2 a.m. Yes. And that is this. This movie sucks so bad. I have a million things to say about it. For starters, Nick Cavanaugh, the film star, is played by Julian Sands. 
Morlock himself. Yes. Morlock. You know how long I have gone without thinking about the movie freaking Warlock? Yeah. A long time. But in this film... And I, like, I just found it really interesting how, like, nobody cared about Julian Sands until they literally confirmed he was dead. Yeah. Even when he was missing, like... I, I don't know, I caught the headline the first fucking day when he was missing back in January. Yeah. And was surprised that nobody had mentioned it. That Julian Sands was missing and they they were sending out search parties and not finding him and all this and like everybody was pretty much just silent about it. You know? I am. And I then am he surprised. was died, and everybody was like, "Oh, Julian oh. Sands! Oh, the Warlock! Oh!" I I am still surprised that Julian Sands did not portray <coughs> Nigel, the bad guy from the 1984 film Top Secret. Yes, because he looks a lot like that basic white dude in this film. He looks like. He looks like a wet sandwich in yeah. this film. He he has he has the acting ability of any random Mormon missionary you pull off the street. Yeah. You pick a random Mormon missionary from the street and give him the script of Boxing Helena and basically you'll get the same performance. Yeah. And his character is such a, such a weeb, such a goober. I'd hate to say it. I'd hate to say it. As a piece of liberal trash, I'd hate to use this word, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cavanaugh is a cuck. Oh, fuck yeah. There you fuck go. Fuck yeah. I, 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 I don't even know what one point I had said in the movie, like, early on, somewhere in Act 1, I was like, okay, she's hot, but have some fucking self-respect. Yes. For Christ's sakes. She's hot. She's horrible, though. Yeah. She's the fucking worst. She is hot, but she is a completely horrible human being. Yeah. She's the absolute worst. Maybe try finding and, a human. And Julian Sands looks like, uh, it's like, oh man, you played Warlock? Because in this movie, it looks like you're really into collecting stamps. Yeah. But now, see, which the is thing not, is, which the is thing, not what you want in a leading yeah. man. But see, the thing is, it is about this movie in particular is that there was. So that's Cheryl and Finn, okay? I just summed up, she's a horrible human being, and she's hot. That's her character. There's really nothing yep. else to her character. And basically the it. same thing is the same thing as with Julian Sands. X to hotness, add more creepiness. And that's it. Yeah. And through the whole oh. rest of the movie, nothing changes there. 
I'm in the trees watching this woman have sex. Okay, McFly. Yeah. Please. He's a pooping cop. And she's having sex with Bill Paxton. Or Bill Pullman. Who Jeannie just refused... She just referred to him as Jim Morrison. He doesn't play a thug in this movie. He plays a ridiculously over-the-top comedic caricature of a thug. He has some of the worst acting in this film this side of Joshua Wesley's 2025 The World Enslaved. What killed me about Bill Paxton that just had me, just like, every time I saw him, his wardrobe was fresh out of the box every yeah. fucking scene. Yeah. You know, I mean... You may be a tough guy, but you just got the outfit today. <laughs> you, you know, know, you know that, that they, they wanted, wanted to put a toothpick in his mouth. Oh God, yeah. I kept looking at, at his t-shirt collar that was just pristine and well fitted, and the sleeves too, just like perfect. You know, just fresh t-shirt. And clothes and and like that is so. <laughs> it's lame. It was it's just laughably funny. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous, is what it is. Yeah. So, um, Madonna should they have a riff or something? Shouldn't there be some a little grease, <clears throat> maybe? You know, something like you've worn these clothes before. You know? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, originally Madonna was slated to star in this, and then uh, she dropped out. I can only assume she read the script. And so she left the production, and then they got Kim Bassinger. Bassinger? They got Kim Kardashian to star in it. And, neither neither um, of which Madonna or Kim Bassinger have ever felt really pretty attractive. One can only assume that Madonna read the script and said, No, thank you. I only do good films like 2002's Swept Away. Oh. So Kim Bassinger took the role, saw the script, said, Oh, hell no, F off, and also bounced. And so the studio sued Kim Bassinger. Why not Madonna, but whatever. She, she was successfully sued for $9 million, which is effing ridiculous. This movie made $1.8 million at the box office, so they sued Kim Bassinger for $7.2 million more than this shit show of a movie actually made at the box office. And she eventually had to declare bankruptcy, but then she was able to reverse the decision in appeals and then settled out of court for $3.8 which is still a high amount, but it's better than $9 million. But yeah. again, that's $2 million more than this movie made at the box office. And then there was some guy who was going to star uh, in I, I just Bill Paxton that, that or Paxton. Particularly, it was Kim Bassinger. There was a really big 
stink at the time about it. Yeah. So, I'm happy that she eventually went on to become nominated for L.A. Confidential. Yes. After this. What, like, four years after this, I think? So, like, good for her. She deserved <laughs> that. She was great in that movie. She would have sucked in this. But, um... Okay, so... I got lost in a deep dive with this film. Really? Okay. Yes. So I'm looking through the cast, trying to f Okay, so, uh, yeah, Julian Sands, Sherilyn Fenn, the dad from that 70s show, Garfunkel. But who else is in this film? And so I, I see the mom, the naked mom, which Julian Sands is obsessed with, his yeah. naked uh, uh, mom, and... I look her up on IMDb. Her name is Meg Register. Okay. Which... Oof. I, I wonder if her middle name is Cash. <laughs> uh, so the mom who dies in the beginning... They this just call scene, her Ka-Ching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, this movie... Uh, I assume killed her career because she was only in two really small things after Boxing Helena and then was never in anything else. But this was her biggest role at the time. Before this, her biggest role, apart from showing titty in this film, her biggest part that she ever did was as morphing blonde girl at the end of Michael Jackson's 1991 music oh. video for his song Black and White. Oh. And so, of course, I then have to go and watch the entire Black and White music video, which I haven't seen since the 90s. And let me tell you, it's so fucking bad. So many, uh music videos from back in the day were like, oh my god, this is amazing, this is big, this is huge. But now you try and see Courtney Cox awkwardly dancing with uh, Bruce Springsteen on stage during yes. a music video. It, it's difficult to watch. Yes. So, um, the entire black and white music video is intensely cringe. Especially the end. Okay, Cat. Yes, I love you. Don't turn off my computer again. You have done this before during the podcast. <laughs> Do not turn off my computer, Cat. Here's a, a little bit of the cat there. Yeah. Uh, cat. It's the cat show starring the cat. What do you have to say about boxing Helena? Ah! Hey! Stop rubbing up against the camera. That is very cute, though. Okay, you're rubbing up against the podcast. Was that good, Kat? Did the podcast feel nice? Okay. Okay, I, wait I a second. Like... Wait a second. Huh? You blanked out. Oh, there you go. I did. I did. I, I pressed the wrong button. Well, I the am press... sorry. I am no expert in this field, but I think you may have just reached a milestone in transitioning. Huh. A cat just took over your podcast. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Think about it. I okay. So when when I did the Prague, Oklahoma Pride 
uh, festival when I performed there, they had name tags, and so I wrote, hi, my name is Mei Lin, and then there was a part for pronouns, I put she, her, and I put the name tag on, and then when I was done with the name tag, I took it off, and I wanted to throw it away somewhere, and I didn't know where to throw it away, uh, so apparently, without thinking, I folded up my name tag and stuck it in Ten my bra. Ten-minute warning. And then I forgot about it until later that night when I finally took off my bra and my name tag fell out. And I swear to you, I almost cried because I finally felt like I reached peak womanhood. Yeah. When I put my something in a bra and then forgot about it. <laughs> it was the same way yeah. I felt when I came home from the movies once and I took off my bra and like four pieces of popcorn fell out and it's like, oh, I am a woman. <laughs> I am a woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> so, Bonnie, do you have the video? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes, okay. Play the video. I made it specifically for Boxing Helena okay. so we could all take a little look at the mom, but I didn't want us to get a copyright strike, so I, I did something special. So uh, if you have that queued up, go ahead and play it, Bunny. Worst thing you'll see today. This was something in a major music video by the biggest music artist in the world. And we all saw it, and we said, yeah, that's fine. This is totally normal. And it's not the cringiest thing you'll ever see. I'm singing this so I don't get a copyright strike during this song. This is actually something that a major artist made. And we were fine with it. We were fine with it. Somebody turning into a overweight Hispanic man. And we were fine with it. We were fine with it. This song isn't the best either, but that is okay. The blonde woman was in Boxing Helena. Here we come back. You can blame it all on me. <laughs> Whatever. The podcast is back. <laughs> Blame it all on Steve. He's not here anymore. And now it's just my limb. That uh, morphing thing was difficult to watch. Yeah. That was, at one point in time, people watched that and said, This is the peak of technology. Well, yeah. And Michael Jackson was selling the video as that, as <clears throat> the yeah. peak of technology. The new morphing technology, uh, his his follow up to Thriller, almost. Yeah. You know, yeah. for for the expense and all of that, and then I mean Willow. Willow came out at the same time. They used a lot of morphs. Yeah. Uh, no, it's easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that was it. You gave us that. Yeah. You're a genius. <laughs> yeah. So I threw that together for the podcast. I really like the 
little song that I sang. That's basically all I got for this week's fucking shit show. I thought we, I thought it'd be funny to take a break in between the Sylvester Stallone series and the Creed series and watch this movie and pretend like it's a part of the Rocky series, but I didn't realize just how much of a shitty movie this film actually was. Yeah. And it was just... This is, I will say, Boxing Helena, because I refuse to pronounce it the right way, Boxing Helena is one of the best movies we have ever done on the podcast because I hated it, I hated every second of it. The movie was bad, and I did not like it. But I felt so good when the credits started rolling. Oh, God, yes, we cheered. I was like, yes, it's over. And I go and I hug Mal in the kitchen, and I'm like, it's over. It's over. I did it. We did it. I felt like, like... This must be what it's like when the cancer patients get to ring the bell. Because <laughs> I did it. I got through this. Yes. So, like, if anything, like, I woke up this morning, you know, the last couple of days I've been really, like, deep, dark, suicidally depressed, really absolutely hating myself. And I woke up this morning and it's like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. Maybe with a little bit of effort. I can feel better. Oh, I still need to watch this week's movie, and I watch it, and it's like, oh, this is the worst. This is the worst. This is the worst. But finally, getting finishing the movie made me feel like a million effing bucks. Like, yes, I don't have to watch it anymore. It's done. Thank you, Jesus. Boxing Helena, and I, it is done. And, and I, I was top of the world. I was top of the world, Mom. But here is a f interesting postscript. The writer-director of this film, uh, Diet David Lynch, Jennifer Chambers Lynch, she made a few more films after Boxing Helena. They did not do too well. So she moved on to directing TV shows where she is still to this day massively ridiculously effing successful. Yeah. The direct, the writer-director of Boxing Helena has directed such television shows as Psych, Teen Wolf, American Horror Story, Criminal Minds, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Walking Freaking Dead, Jessica Jones, Netflix's Daredevil, and that damn Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix that everyone was going nuts for. Oh my god. Really? So good for her. Yeah. She has made a career as a TV director. Right? Good for you, I guess, if your career survived Boxing Helena. Yeah. You succeeded in directing despite writing and directing this film. That is good for you. Because this killed some other careers, but you succeeded. Good yes. for you. <laughs> David Lynchia, good for you. <coughs> and here's my one mention. The only good thing about Boxing Helena is the song Helena by the Misfits. Yeah. At See, first, I'm like, the Misfits are like this punk band for white boys, for angry white boys. Yeah. And then they had a bunch of different singers, and one of them had, like, white power ties. 
Oh, really? And so, yeah, so the Misfits, they aren't really a band for me. And, oh, wait, they have a song about Dr. Fives? Okay, well, I'll listen to this, and okay, that's it. Wait, they have a song, Teenagers from Outer Space? I love that movie. Let me hear that song. Okay, now I'm done. Die, Monster, Die? That's a Boris Karloff film. I love that. Okay, I'll listen to this one song. Okay, I'm done. Oh, shit, they've got a Plan 9 song? We'll get your ass over here. But I like their song, uh, Helena. It goes, uh, If I cut off your arms and cut off your legs, would you still love me anyway? And I, I like it. I really <laughs> like the song. That's how the Misfits got me. Is that like 90% of their songs are just based on shitty movies? Yeah. So it's like, I don't really like the music of uh, the Misfits, and wait, they have a song called Virgenic? Well, fuck. <laughs> so that's how they got me. So anyway, that's it for this week. Boxing Helena, surprise, surprise, it's shit. Yes. <laughs> Next week. Where's that? We move into the modern day with Creed. And I am excited because I never saw the Creed movies because Rocky V F'd me so hard. Yes. So I'm excited to get into this new territory. But now that I look back at this episode, oh, uh, communist, uh, uh, communist sea otters. Uh, um, Emerald's new house. Garfunkel. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Good, good, good. I felt the same way, but I feel like you're the person who makes those distinctions, and yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend A. Lynn, and on behalf of Maxwell and Natasha and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! Thank you, Mel. Any Gweebles? Eleanor? Oh.